The Not Most People podcast is for those who despise mediocrity, reject the status quo, and challenge conventional wisdom. Join host Bradley Roth and discover what separates the winners, outliers, and standouts from most people. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Not Most People podcast. This is your host Bradley, and this is the show for those allergic to mediocrity, groupthink, and following the status quo. And whether you are tuning in for the first time or you are a returning listener, I would just like to remind you of my one ask, and that is if you enjoy the show, if you are entertained by it, if you learn something from it, if you leave with a new insight that you share it with someone you know, friends, family, colleague, whoever, because chances are, if you enjoyed it, someone you know will as well. And so that could be, you know, privately through a message, text, email, or publicly through Instagram or Facebook or some other social media. And if you want to tag me or not most people, that would be awesome as well. It's always appreciated when you guys do that. We're trying to grow the show organically one person at a time. And so every share, every kind of promo, of the show is greatly, greatly appreciated. So uh, I know you probably hear that all the time, but again, I just want to kind of emphasize how much it really makes a difference when you guys do that. And then additionally, if you want to be a super fan and really help us out, a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify would be greatly appreciated as well. But anyways, uh, we're going to jump right into today's episode. It is another solo episode. I know it's been a little bit since we had a guest episode, full-length guest episode, but those will be resuming starting next week. Just recorded probably one of my favorite interviews ever that's going to drop next week. So definitely keep an eye out for that. You're out for that. Uh, That'll be out next Monday. So uh, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this when it just dropped, it'll be next week. But anyways, let's get into it. Today's episode... Uh, is one I've kind of been thinking about for a while, and it's based off of a book. And the author of that book is Napoleon Hill. I know a lot of you guys have read or heard of Think and Grow Rich. That's probably his most well-known book. Um, I've read it a couple times myself, but it's not my favorite of his books. My favorite book of his is actually called Outwitting the Devil. And it's not a religious book, in any by any means, it might sound like it right off the bat, but it's not. And those of you who have uh, read it or listened to it know exactly what I'm talking about. And I listened to it on Audible. Uh, highly recommend it on Audible because it's a very kind of back and forth live narration. There's Napoleon Hill kind of plays himself, and then the devil <laughs> kind of is a whole nother uh, kind of deep. Mm, trying to think of the right word, but kind of an insidious voice. And so it's really an interesting experience to kind of listen to that back and forth. But basically the premise is Napoleon Hill is trying to figure out kind of what leads people to poor lives, not poor just in like the monetary sense, but kind of what keeps people from their potential, what drives people down bad habits and, and keeps them from kind of living the life that they should or they could. And in the story, he kind of runs into the devil. And, you know, I, I'd have to refresh on some of the, the details, but basically he gets to ask the devil any questions that he wants and the devil has to answer uh, correctly. And so they kind of have this really long back and forth. And 
the devil kind of gets into, not like what you would think, um, basically talks about not like outright evil, but kind of more deceptive, uh, subtle ways that he kind of influences people into becoming what he calls drifters. And we're going to go into that because it's really a great parallel for not most people. So drifters are kind of the 98% and the non-drifters are the 2%. So you can kind of look at it as like the most people versus not most people. And I'm going to be reading some some uh, direct quotes from the book. I've kind of narrowed or uh, cut them down just a little bit to make them flow a little bit better, not go too long. But uh, if you enjoyed this little bit, and again, it's a full-length book, which I highly, highly recommend, um, go check that out. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. But essentially, he is having this conversation with the devil. And again, he gets to ask whatever questions he wants. And this is a little bit into the conversation, and the devil had brought up the idea of drifting and uh, what causes people to drift. So he asks, he says, describe all the ways in which you induce people to drift, you being him speaking to the devil. Define the word and tell us exactly what you mean by it. So the devil says, I can best define the word drift by saying that people who think for themselves never drift, while those who do little or no thinking for themselves are drifters. A drifter is one who permits himself to be influenced and controlled by circumstances outside of his own mind. He would rather let me occupy his mind and do his thinking than go to the trouble of thinking for himself. A drifter is one who accepts whatever life throws in his way without making a protest or putting up a fight. He doesn't know what he wants from life, and he spends all his time getting just that. A drifter has lots of opinions, but they are not his own. Most of them are supplied by me. A drifter is one who is too lazy mentally to use his own brain. That is the reason I can take control of people's thinking and plant my own ideas in their minds. And he says, I cause people to drift on every subject through which I can control independent thought and action. And so that right there is a pretty, <laughs> pretty spot on, you know, it immediately makes you think of kind of most people um, who aren't conscious, aren't consciously choosing their thoughts, their actions, their direction in life, and just kind of letting things happen to them. Anyways, he goes on to kind of describe in each area how he influences people. So again, this is the devil speaking. He says, for marriage, I cause men and women to drift into marriage without plan or purpose designed to convert the relationship into harmony. Here is one of my most effective methods of converting people into the habit of drifting. I cause married people to bicker and nag one each other over money matters. I cause them to quarrel over the bringing up of their children. I engage them in unpleasant controversies over their intimate relationships and in disagreements over friends and social activities. I keep them so busy finding fault with one another that they never have time to do anything else long enough to break the habit of drifting. In terms of occupation, he says, I teach people to become drifters by causing them to drift out of school into the first job they can find with no definite aim or purpose except to make a living. Through this trick, I keep millions of people in fear of poverty all their lives. In regards to savings, he says, I cause people to spend freely and to save sparingly or not at all until I take complete control of them through their fear of poverty. And then he says, when it comes to dominating thoughts, and this is probably the most important one, 
He says, I cause people to drift into the habit of thinking negative thoughts. This leads to negative acts and involves people in controversies and fills their minds with fears, thus paving the way for me to enter and control their minds. When I move in, I do so by appealing to people through negative thoughts, which they believe to be their own. I plant the seeds of negative thought in the minds of people through the pulpit, the newspapers, the moving pictures, the radio, and all other popular methods of appeal to the mind. I cause people to allow me to do their thinking for them because they are too lazy and too indifferent to think for themselves. So a little bit of actual backstory on this book is it was written, I think over 70 years ago, like in the 1940s or something like that. And a lot of what you'll hear in it is kind of controversial. It even today, but especially back then. And that's why it was not published until well after he died. So it went unpublished for decades because his wife asked him to, because she didn't want um, kind of all the backlash that would come with publishing it back in the day when a lot of things that were said in it would have been very taboo. So uh, just keep that in mind again in the timeline. So then again, I'm skipping around just a little bit, but Again, the devil says, I cause people to allow me to do their thinking for them because they are too lazy and too indifferent to think for themselves. And he says, laziness plus indifference plus procrastination equals drifting. Then Napoleon says, go ahead and describe a typical drifter. Give your description point by point so I can recognize a drifter when I see him. And again, this will sound a whole lot like most people versus not most people. He says, the first thing you will notice about a drifter is his total lack of a major purpose in life. He will be conspicuous by his lack of self-confidence. He will never accomplish anything requiring thought and effort. He spends all he earns and more too, if he can get credit. He will have little or no imagination. He will lack enthusiasm and initiative to begin anything he is not forced to undertake and he will plainly express his weakness by taking the line of least resistance whenever he can do so. He will be be ill-tempered and lacking in control over his emotions. His personality will be without magnetism, and it will not attract other people. He will have opinions on everything, but accurate knowledge of nothing. He may be jack-of-all-trades, but good at none. He will neglect to cooperate with those around him even those on whom he must depend for food and shelter. He will make the same mistake over and over again, never profiting by failure. He will be narrow-minded and intolerant to all subjects, ready to crucify those who may disagree with him. He will expect everything of others, but be willing to give little or nothing in return. He may begin many things, but he will complete nothing. He will be loud in his condemnation of his government, but he will never tell you definitely how it can be improved. He will never reach decisions on anything if he can avoid it. And if he is forced to decide, he will reverse himself at the first opportunity. He will eat too much and exercise too little. He will criticize others who are succeeding in their chosen calling. In brief, the drifter will work harder to get out of thinking than most others work in earning a good living. He will tell a lie rather than admit his ignorance in any subject. If he works for others, he will criticize them to their backs and flatter them to their faces. So that's kind of how you know a drifter. And, uh, you know, reading that 
if you feel a little bit triggered, if some of that, you know, kind of reminds you of you in some ways or things, ways that you can improve, just take, take inventory of that. Chances are it also made you think of some other people, you know, and people who kind of fall into that, that description of drifting. And again, most people, and this might sound harsh, but you know, a lot of those, um, a lot of those things, a lot of people unfortunately are guilty of myself included. And, uh, it's just a really great kind of, uh, examination to go through. Right. So that's kind of like the negative, uh, drifter, most people side of things. And now we're going to flip and talk about the non-drifter or not most people is kind of the parallel I like to draw. So then Napoleon says, you have given me a graphic description of the drifter. Please now describe the non-drifter so that I may recognize him on sight. And the devil says, the first sign of a non-drifter is this. He is always engaged in doing something definite through some well-organized plan, which is definite. He has a major goal in life towards which he is always working and many minor goals, all of which lead toward his central scheme. The tone of his voice, the quickness of his step, the sparkle in his eyes, the quickness of his decision clearly mark him as a person who knows exactly what he wants and is determined to get it, no matter how long it may take or what price he must pay. If you ask him questions, he gives you direct answers and never falls back on evasions or resorts to subterfuge. He extends many favors to others, but accepts favors sparingly or not at all. He will be found up front whether he is playing a game or fighting a war. If he does not know the answers, he will say so frankly. He has a good memory and never offers an alibi for his shortcomings. He never blames others for his mistakes, no matter if they deserve the blame. He used to be known as a go-getter, but in modern times, he is called a go-giver. You will find him running the biggest business in town, living on the best street, driving the best automobile, and making his presence felt wherever he happens to be. He is an inspiration to all who come into contact with his mind. The major distinguishing feature of the non-drifter is this. He has a mind of his own and uses it for all purposes. And then a follow-up question that Napoleon asks, he says, is the non-drifter born with some mental, physical, or spiritual advantage not available to the drifter? The devil says, no, the major difference between the drifter and the non-drifter is something equally available to both. It is simply the prerogative right of each to use his own mind and think for himself. And if you have been listening to this podcast in the past, you know that that is kind of one of the really big things Um, when it comes to not most people is that ability to think for themselves and how it's really less common than you would think and is really kind of the distinguishing factor because those who think for themselves, they question things and that causes you to be able to, like they say, form your own thoughts, opinions, and take action and not just like everyone takes action, but not everyone takes intentional action. And so I hope that this, um, I know I kind of stole a lot here from from that book, but I highly, highly recommend it if you haven't heard it or read it. And even if you have, uh, maybe it's a good time to revisit it. I think I'm about to myself, but it goes into more depth again about how the devil, the devil again kind of represents or symbolizes all, all things negative, right? All things that aren't a positive, you know, mediocrity and kind of pulling people towards not thinking for themselves towards laziness, towards any kind of like 
let's call it a negative virtue is basically what the devil symbolizes here. And so just keep that in mind when you're listening or reading the book, or if you want to look into it further, or even if you want to play back this episode again to kind of, you know, cause there was a lot in there um, on kind of defining the drifter and the non-drifter. So that's really it. Uh, hopefully this makes you think, hopefully it kind of clarifies some things for you. If you guys are tuning back in next week, again, we will have a full length episode and another really cool thing on the very near horizon. If you are listening to this episode a week or two after it's been released, then you probably, uh, it's probably already out, but basically the not most people Alliance, uh, is something that I've been working on behind the scenes quite a bit. And, uh, I'm really, really excited to kind of bring that to you guys, bring that to the world. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, the link for that will be in the show notes. So that's it guys. I hope you got something out of this one. I hope it made you think, I hope you're looking on Amazon for outwitting the devil. And so, uh, that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in and always remember, don't be most people. (laughs) 